Hello, everyone. I'm Abigail Wald. And I'm Missy Pyle. And you are listening to Raising and Rising. We created this podcast for parents because we're one of you. We get you and we love you. I believe that from the moment that we become a parent, we have a vision of the kind of childhood we want our children to have and a vision of the kind of parent that we want to be. And while we always love our children, we don't always like them or their behavior. We are here to help you reconnect with that original vision of yours and give you the tools to make it your actual reality. Each episode, we talk to parents who feel that they are often getting pushed past their breaking point. We give loving, constructive solutions and new ways of thinking about your everyday parenting problems so you can confidently rise up to the challenge of raising strong-willed children who thrive within themselves, within your family, and within the larger world. On this episode of Raising and Rising, we're speaking with Jessica from Oklahoma. She is an Air Force spouse, pillar of her community, and devoted mother of two. Our focus today is her oldest daughter, Stella. Stella is an intelligent and spirited five-year-old girl with a knack for expert negotiation, whether it's arguing her way into a later bedtime or bargaining for a different dinner. Stella tests Jessica's boundaries on a daily basis. So today we discuss how to successfully transition from one activity to another, the importance of stepping into your child's world before you get them out, and the art and the futility of reasoning with your children. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you for being here. So I'm Abigail and I spend um, all of my days helping parents. That's literally all I do, like other than raise my own kids. I have two boys who are uh, highly sensitive and strong-willed. Actually, first one is strong-willed, second one is highly sensitive. Both of them, um, I joke that they're both highly sensitive. The oldest is highly sensitive to himself and the youngest is highly sensitive to everybody else. And um, yeah, and so that's what I do. I love to help parents like their strong-willed kids as much as they love them, right? So you can like your life with them too, as much as you love being a parent, right? Um, sometimes it can be really hard. So we're here to hear all about your strong-willed girl, right? Because you have a girl who's strong-willed, you said? I have, I have two girls. They're five and three. And Stella, the oldest, is definitely very strong-willed and Audrey is not far behind her. So yeah. So, so tell me like, what makes you say that they are strong-willed? What do you notice? Stella is very opinionated and decisive and she loves to be the center of attention and she's very social. And I basically like, if I ask her to do something, I have to ask her at least three times before I can get a response from her. What will she normally do? Like, give me an example of when that happens. Like today we were playing and I asked her, I said, okay, in 10 minutes, it's going to be time to go. And then I gave her a five minute warning. And then at the, obviously it's been more than five minutes, but it's time to go phase. She was just like ignoring me. And it's frustrating because we're outside of our house playing with other parents and I just feel like it's like a reflection on me that she's not listening but then also she is a strong-willed child who can make her own choices and so it's just frustrating because I know she heard me but she just doesn't want to do what it's time to do yeah we'll we'll talk about her in a moment but um Missy have you ever been there with like other parents looking at you and you're just like 
wow, this doesn't look good, does it? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't have to. I, that's what my daughter, she's six and lately that's been like, well, I don't have to do that. Yeah. And then, you know, what, what are you going to do? Like, you're like, okay, so if I do nothing, this doesn't really look good. And then if I do something, it's going to look even worse, right? Because the moment you try to pick her up and move, then she's going to start screaming, right? Does she hit or kick or bite or any of those things? No, she doesn't. I mean, she screams, but, or she'll just do like the protest where she just like flops down on the ground and you're like, Great. Now what am I going to do? Yeah. And then there's the peanut gallery of all the other parents like, oh, what's she going to do? Yeah. She's going to figure this one out. <laughs> yeah. And they're all watching because like they've either been there or so they're either watching to look at you and think like, gosh, that never happens to me. Right. You know, or they're watching and they're thinking, oh, my gosh, this happens to me five times a week. I want to see what she does. I have no idea. I'm so glad it's not me right now. And you can feel it either way. Right. And it's hard. And you know, I don't think any of it's malicious, right? It's it's actually just curiosity. Like we genuinely are curious about what happens in other people's homes, you know, because we're not open and honest about that, right? There's like this whole idea of what it looks like. And then there's like, you know, we talk about it. Oh, it's so hard. But like, we don't actually open up, which is part of the purpose of this podcast is for us to say, hey, we're all going to open up our doors and windows and say, here's what it really, really looks like. Here's what it really, really feels like, you know, help. And so I have a question for you. Do you know what it is in that moment that Stella wanted to do? What was she doing? Well, she was playing. So I think she just wanted to continue playing. What was she playing? She was playing with this big monster truck. and She was rolling it up and down the driveway. Yeah. She was having a really great time. Yeah. And I love that she was having fun, but it was time to do, it was time to go home and make dinner. So, so a couple things. So first of all, with strong-willed kids, they do have a really good sense of what they want and they're not there just to do what you ask. Like they're not empty um, sort of uh, reservoirs waiting to be filled. <laughs> they kind of have their own flow and their own current. So couple things. Um, the whole idea of like time warnings typically really, really don't work with kids like this. So I would just throw that out like right now, just save yourself you okay. know, the time. Right. And, and the reason is because it would be like um, sort of warning somebody in 10 minutes, like the floor is lava. Okay. Or in five minutes, the floor is going to be lava. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter if you don't have anything to do about it, for instance, right? Like if you don't know what you're supposed to do about it, first of all, and you could say, well, she knows she's supposed to go, but she's not interested in that. It's completely not what she wants to do. So, um, you know, you can look at it even uh, today in the world, right? There's so many political things or financial things. You could tell somebody like invest, you know, and and put money aside. It's going to be really great for you one day, but you're like, bah, I don't really feel that need right now. Do you know what I mean? Right? Or stuff for climate change. Like, who knows? Like, you're in the moment. And so our children are also in that moment. And so for her, making dinner is like as far off as, you know, ice caps melting, truly. You know? It's just as real to her. And so in that moment, any sort of warning is almost just an uptick of the differential between the two of you, right? So it's just... It's like, it's almost like you guys are on ice caps floating away from each other in that moment because she's going more and more into the play and you're going more and more into this other idea that actually.
actually doesn't exist right now. Like in reality, she is more present than you. In that moment, she is where she is. And in that moment, you're deciding I need to be somewhere else. So that's confusing for her brain. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I never thought of it like that. Right? It's weird. But if you think about it like that, you can kind of slow yourself down and go, okay, what do I need to equip her with to make that feel more real? So some of the things you could do instead of just warning her, because the warning just ups the ante on her stress. It just basically says, I'm not with you. I'm in another place. My mind is elsewhere. I'm doing something else. And again, none of that is real for her. So it's confusing and it creates stress and division and she's ever less likely to want to go with you. And it doesn't equip her to be able to make the transition, the shift. Okay. So you might do things like, and and Missy, you can probably guess what I'm going to say, right? Um. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) Well, what would you do, right, if your daughter, now knowing everything that you know about all that? Now I feel like I'm in school. (laughs) What would you do if she was playing somewhere and you wanted to go? And if you just tell her that you want to go. Right. It doesn't work. I I physically lifted her out of a something about three months ago. And I was like, what am I doing? I just was like, I have to, we have to go right now. Um. And I know that that doesn't work. None of that works. And it it was a huge meltdown that made everything last 30 minutes longer. Yeah. And so what something that does work usually is play. So you could prep her and you could play with her. So number one, you might say to her, instead of 10 more minutes, five more minutes, be really concrete in her world. So if you see her taking the you know dump truck up the hill and emptying the rocks from it, You'd say, how many more times do you want to empty the rocks? Do you want to do three more trips up the hill? Right? That's much more concrete than minutes. She doesn't think in terms of minutes. She thinks in terms of experiences at her age. Right? So that would be much more concrete and much more beneficial. The other thing you want to do is get into her world before you have to get her out. So if you, like what I was saying about like sort of on like different ice caps, right? If, if. If she is in the world of play and you are in the world of we have to go make dinner, it's much, much harder to get her. You're not in her world. So you actually, as the grown-up, want to step over into her world and you want to go, what are you doing? Where are you taking those? Ooh, do you want these rocks? And you can't do it fakely because it feels really manipulative and a kid will call you out on it because they are like little truth-seeking missiles, right? So you want to be able to go, Okay, here's here's what's happening. Um, she's really interested in this. Let me see why it's so interesting and get her to teach you for a moment. And then say, oh, well, what happens when you get all the rocks up there? Well, where do you put them? Do you want to make a pile to come back tomorrow? Should we ask our friends? And so I've already presupposed that we're leaving. I didn't say we have to go. Mm-hmm. It's already de facto happening. So I call that sliding under the tripwire. Because I'm not saying to her, like, right up front, you know, um, hey, we need to go. I'm going to change your experience. Instead, I'm coming into her experience and kind of sidling up next to her and saying, what are we going to do with these when we leave? It's already assumed. That's going to get her brain going, 
oh, I don't know. Now she's got a different problem to solve, which is where am I going to put the rocks and trucks? It's not, are we leaving or not leaving? Mm -hmm. I've already gotten her brain like over that hump in a way. Does that make sense? Yeah, because you changed what she's thinking about Mm -hmm. in her play. Exactly. And I've entered her world. So I'm entering in as a friend as opposed to as somebody creating dissonance. I'm entering in in like in harmony almost. Yes? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And so now think about it almost like she's playing a rhythm on drums. You're going to go and you're going to play the same rhythm and then you're going to slowly add a beat and alter it. As opposed to she's playing, you know, drums and you come in with saxophone and you're like, nope, we're doing this kind of music. Like it's just, it's not going to work as well. It's not as harmonic. Okay. So you want to come in together. And so you want to say, what are you doing? That's this. Okay. Let's make a plan. And then if she responds, great. Then you could say, oh, well, do you want to tell them that we're going to do it? Let them know. Cause we have to go make dinner. You could let them know, ask them if it's okay to leave it here till tomorrow. Now if she pitches a total fit. Then you can say, oh, you don't want to go. Tell me why. And then you actually listen. And you address her concerns instead of trying to convince her that you have to go. Missy, do you have any other ideas of something you want to throw in there? I mean, for me, I I have a tendency. Do we do a lot of play? Like I anthropomorphize a lot of things. I'd be like, hey, truck, do you want to go home? Yeah, I want you to sit on your lap, Zoe. Can I sit on your lap and we'll go inside and maybe you can give me a bath in the sink? (gasps) Chuck wants to have a bath in the sink. Do you think that's that's crazy? We can't give a bath to the truck. And then, oh, yeah, we can't. We can. Okay, should we take it home and see? So I'll try to incorporate the truck to bring it back in the house. Make it, you know. I want to sit on your lap in the car. Ooh. Or whatever. If it's a disgusting, <laughs> dirty truck, maybe not. I feel like my daughter isn't into imagine, imaginary play as much with me. So... I yeah. love that tactic. Like that would definitely work with my three-year-old, but Stella would not go for it. And that's a really important thing because, see, it's it's a great technique and you're saying, mm, but it's not going to work for my kid. And that's so important because the reality is there is no one method that is right for any family, right? It's like, it's got to be individual. Every family's got to really build their very own family recipe for every single kid. And there may be things that work for you that don't work for your husband, right? Mm. So maybe he tries that technique, it works great. You try that technique, it completely fails. Maybe you you have to build your own language with your child. So first of all, I just want to say it's awesome that you're like, I love that. I can totally do that with this kid, but I can't do that with that kid. That right there is beautiful leadership in your family because you're reading the people that you have and you're knowing how to do it, you know? And that's that's really important. So it's great to know that. And that's also a clue. So even when things don't work, it doesn't mean it's negative. It actually tells you, ooh, that's interesting. That's not gonna work with that child. What else does that tell me about her? So why wouldn't that work? I just feel like she's very logical in her thinking and like she plays with her her baby dolls but if you try and say oh baby abby is thirsty she's like no she's not she's just a doll and i'm like okay well how come she's thirsty for you but she can't be thirsty for me yeah you can play into that right so if you said oh you know baby abby is thirsty and she said oh no she's just a doll you go 
Oh, does she ever get thirsty for you? What would she say? She said, yeah, sometimes because I'm her mommy Mm. and you're not her mommy. So the mommy is a big thing. Oh, so that's really important. You're telling me something so important that you have a relationship with her. So for you, she's a baby and I don't have a relationship with her. So for me, she's just a doll and I'm just a random person. Is that true? Yeah, I think that she would probably say, well, you're the aunt. Like she doesn't want to hurt your feelings, maybe. Yeah, I'm the aunt. Okay. So you like we kind of have a relationship. Like I could bring her maybe like the little comb, but she's still going to be a doll for me. That is so smart and so interesting. It's true. Do you have people that you are closer to because you have a more close relationship with them? You do, right? Like with me or with daddy, right? So if I say, hey, will you come make dinner with me? You're going to say yes. But if I ask that person across the street, they'd be like, uh, I don't know you, lady, right? How about this? Since you're making dinner with me tonight, what would you like me to make for you? Can I show you all the things we have in the fridge? So I've already, again, presupposed dinner and just worked it in. I can get it in in so many different ways, and I just follow her lead. So I know what I want, but instead of placing my want like right up front in her face, I go with where she goes and I just weave it together as part of the tapestry. Does that seem like it could be helpful? Yes. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life is full of twists and turns, stress, changes, grief, moments of growth, and moments where we feel like we're taking a few steps back. And it's important to show up for yourself through all of the struggles that life can bring. BetterHelp Online Therapy is here for the twists and turns and will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. Obviously, you guys know that I think, you know, it's important for us to be our best selves in order to parent because lots of stuff comes up when we're parenting and sometimes we could use a little bit of help processing it all. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online, and the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. That's cool. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp is a great way to show up for yourself and invest in your well-being because, well, you deserve some inner peace. Visit BetterHelp.com raising. That's better. H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. We have a special offer for Raising and Rising listeners. Get 10% off your first month of therapy at betterhelp.com slash raising. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash raising. I think that what I'm getting from this conversation is that I don't play on her level enough to move her into different activities. Yeah. I feel like I am not 
present like she is. And I am focusing on what needs to be done next in our day. Like every other mom. And that's yeah. what we're all doing. And they live on that like play level. And mm-hmm. I always thought, I'm like funny and fun. I was like, I'm going to be the best player. And I was like, play is so hard when you got shit to do. Right? I mean, it's yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to come sit down on that level with you. No, I have like, I have the groceries, the ice cream is melting on the counter. It's very hard. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is the thing is like, sometimes it's funny because if you pull back far enough, you realize they're the ones making more sense and we're the ones in the fantasy. Like the idea that we are like, I got to do this and I got to do that. And I got it. It's like all these things are these concoctions that we've made that have us stressed out and unhappy. And we're like yelling at them, like, get going. Stop being happy. This is an emergency. <laughs> and it's like, they're like, um, I don't think I want to get on that train. That doesn't look very good. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And when you realize that your kids are actually inviting you to a different life, they're allowing you like kind of an excuse to press the pause button on life and say, hey, I'm going to go back and actually realize like, "Mm, maybe we're going to go back and make dinner. Maybe we're not. Maybe we'll just pick up dinner on the way home, or maybe we'll make something really easy, or maybe we'll just have carrots and hummus tonight for dinner, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like, It can be easy. And if we want to sit out here and lie on the ground and look up at the sky and like measure the clouds, we could do that. And, you know, we fight so hard as a parent to prove that we can't. And I I sometimes like to fast forward my life and think 50 years from now, which is the one I'm going to remember? Like that I made it home in time to make that dinner or that I laid on the ground and like measured clouds and wondered which one was heavier? You know, and if you can like make those choices, everything begins to slow down almost like a dream and life begins to be just a lot more enjoyable. And that's what we want. Anyways, we want life to be more enjoyable. Yeah. And it's so powerful. And and then they feel so much safer, right? Because we're not constantly rushing them. And we're not constantly just giving them orders from our world. You know, I love like the Peanuts cartoon, like that, right? It's like, you kind of get it, you know? It's like, you really want to be able to connect with them on that level because it, it brings so much joy to your life, right? So throw the warnings away because they're really not going to get you anywhere. Instead, enter her world and with like deep ease, just gently glide with her over to where you know you need to go. Because the truth is, there are things you have to get done, right? So you can get there with joy, you know, and you can get there um, gently. Yeah. For me, what happens a lot of times is like, she just hits me at a left field, you know, and it's like, oh, we really actually do have to go. (laughs) And I find that it's really hard to find the play. I know that it requires pre-work and it requires the time, but is there a way if you really are like, oh, I got to get her out of here in like three minutes? Yeah. So, you know, you have a daughter who's really logical, right, Jess? So, so I would talk to her beforehand and I would give her a problem to solve. And I would say, you know what? I just found out that Aunt Barbara is meeting us at the house right now 
and, um, you know, Tom's going to be there and they're going to be there, um, you know, and, and they don't have a key to the house and we are over here. <gasps> How are they going to make it in the house? She'll say, oh, well, we could go let them in. And you go, I don't know why I didn't think of that. I was just thinking we had to stay here. You're amazing. Let's go. Thank you so much for solving that. You give her the information that she needs to move into that next space. I think that's something that she would totally come alive to or take re- take ownership of like, oh, we have to go help these people. Yeah. And and that's the other piece is you get to know her love languages. And so you mentioned she's really social. She's kind of a, sounds like a bit of an extrovert. Mm-hmm. So the more you have it deal with people, right? So instead of, um, you know, we have to leave and you need to pack up and we got to go, Maybe she's a child who wants to say thank you to everybody and tell each person what her favorite food was at the party, right? And so now you've got her doing a job where she's saying goodbye and it's very specific and it's, you know, in her love language, yes? Now, there are some kids that would be like the worst thing on earth. That would just be total punishment, you know? But if you know your child, you can kind of also figure out like what helps you because it's not not listening. She's not not listening She's just listening to something else, which is what her body's telling her to do in that moment and to what makes sense. So if you want to change, think of it like a a tree. You don't take like an orange tree and graft a lemon onto it and then expect it to be a lemon tree. So you actually need to like solve the problem at the seed level, at the root level, okay? So if you want there to be a lemon, you have to plant a lemon. You can't go over to the orange tree and go, oh, sorry, now we're a lemon, okay? So you got to figure out how do I get her there? How do I create that desire? Not how do I get that behavior? How do I create the desire to have that behavior? And that will get you on the right track. So what are your takeaways? Um, My takeaways are to not rush my agenda on her and to be patient, to meet her where she's at and to give her responsibility in future scenarios. Awesome. And how about this? We're going to add it and make it even spicier and more fun. (laughs) What if you add in that you also want to figure out why the way she was doing it was actually more brilliant in the first place? So you actually create like, like there's, there's like a rightness in the wrongness. So like, of course she didn't want to leave because dot, dot, dot. And you figure out what's so awesome about her choice Mm -hmm. because the more you can fall in love with her choice, even if it's terrible, the easier it'll be to get her out of it. Does that make sense? Yes, but can you explain it another way? Yeah. So like, what would be a terrible choice she makes? Give me like an example of a terrible choice she makes. The thing that drives you absolutely bonkers. Um, she changes her mind about what she wants for dinner after dinner is at the table. Oh, goodness. So you want that other thing. Is that right? That's right. <gasps> oh, boy. And that's because now you're seeing that we made this one that you asked for. But you love food. Is that right? That's right. I love pizza and hot dogs. And now I want hot dogs instead of pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the time, 
you were thinking, I want pizza, right? And you got pizza. And now you're realizing, uh-oh, that means no hot dogs. And at the time when you were, when I was telling you hot dogs or pizza, you were thinking about hot dogs and you were like, well, hot dogs are great, but then I'd have no pizza. So at that time you were like, pizza. And now you're looking at the pizza and you're like, pizza's great, but now I have no hot dogs. So you're like, hot dogs. I think you love both. (gasps) What? What did I just say? I think you love both. I think you love more than one thing. Like you love me and daddy. You love me and your sister. You love your sister and your friend. You love your puppy dog and your kitty cat. Wait, you love more than one thing at a time. Would you like to eat a pizza that's wrapped around a hot dog one day? Ew. That's gross. <laughs> I went too far, huh? That was disgusting. <sighs> Would you like to eat a hot dog that was broken up and rolled out like a pizza and put in the oven to make look like a pizza? That sounds awesome. That sounds good. Okay. Why is it, you know, you are a very interesting little girl because I'm not, I thought that one, the first one was gross. This one was good. Okay. This is interesting. I think you would like to come in the kitchen and be a little chef with me. Is that right? I love being the chef. Okay. How about this? Tomorrow night, you can make a menu and you can be the chef with me and you can cook and you'll see it takes a while to make something. So, That's why we don't have more than one thing each night. We only do one because it takes a while. But I have something that I don't know if you've realized yet. Did you know that you don't get just one day? You get yesterday, you get today, you get tomorrow, you get the day after that, you get the day after the day after that, you get the day after 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 that. So you're going to have hot dogs and pizza. You've only got two things. I need more foods from you. Give me more foods. What else do you want? Fruit salad. Fruit salad. Okay, keep going. Macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and cheese. Okay, keep going. I've got more days than this. You got to come up with more things. Yogurt drinks. Yogurt drinks. Okay. Popsicles. Oh, this is so good. I'm going to write all this down and I'm going to show you. We're going to make little boxes for every night of the week. And you. I'm also going to make little stickies. Okay. And you could, you could write what you want. We'll write it together on a little piece of paper and we could put little Velcro on the back and we can move it around to different nights. And every week you could choose what night you get one thing. Would you like to do that? Absolutely. Okay. So tonight we've got pizza, which is so good because it's one of your favorite things, right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. And then hot dogs. Are you wanting hot dogs for tomorrow, like really soon? Or do you want hot dogs like later in the week so you can look forward to them? How about for breakfast tomorrow? We could do it. I mean, it would be weird, but we could do it. Would we have eggs for dinner? Yes. Oh, it's going to be so weird, this. This is going to be fun. We're going to be kooky. So it doesn't matter. If we have hot dogs for breakfast, who cares? There's no reason hot dogs are more wrong or right at any time. You know what I mean? So go for it. Have fun. Now she's building, we're building growth mindset in her and we're building so many important things. It might seem like an inane conversation, but it's actually really important because what we're doing is we're building the ability to be disappointed. 
We're building the ability to have patience. We're building the ability to wait for another thing another day. We're building the ability to want more than one thing and understand that we have to choose without any punishment. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And we'll also send you um, a lifetime supply of Velcro. For your- <laughs> it's so easy to... Just pull out the Velcro and... Can I get a lamination machine in this deal? Yeah, we're going to bring you a lamination machine, um, <laughs> all the Velcro you need. And I love love some of these ideas because then I just think like, my brain goes, that's how my brain breaks. I'm like, I'm going to run, to the, run over to Michael's. I'm going to get some Velcro. I'm going to make a chart and a pie chart and a graph. And, a, and then, I, then I went back to a piece of paper and pencil and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But listen, you could do it with tape. You could do it with anything. It doesn't have to be special. You could do it on the floor. Like, it's all good. You know, you could build it out of Lego, like whatever you want. And it just becomes part of how you then play with her too during the day. You know, when she's bored or she's, you know, cranky, you could break out, hey, want to make our little Velcro tags, right? Now she's got a focus to her. And she's learning how to build things. She's learning how to create. She's learning how to envision. She's learning how to plan. You're building executive function. You're building growth mindset. Like all of this is priceless. No, I think that's really awesome. And it just like what you said, you're, she's continuing to play and continuing to learn. Like, And it's not a conversation like we have this one conversation and then we forget about it. Just mm-hmm. like just trying to get through the meal. But now we're... Like, I think that would be important to her to know that mommy didn't forget about this conversation and that we are going to use it later this week and that I get to help out. Yeah. And she gets to feel important and she gets to see herself reflected in the family. Mm -hmm. And strong-willed kids need to see themselves reflected in the family. All kids do, but strong-willed kids demand it. But all kids need that, really. So, well, thanks for coming on. I hope this was helpful. It was so great. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your time. Thanks for sharing your daughter and your stories and letting us have a peek into what it's like for you on a daily basis because so many parents can relate. Yeah. I'm excited about tomorrow. See if I can do something in an easier way. (laughs) Thanks. It's nice to meet you guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. So we just talked to uh, Jess and strong-willed Stella. Oh, Stella. Um, you know, the thing that jumps out to me, is, especially was at the end when she was just saying, you know, um, I think that this is, what this is about is that I don't play on her level enough. I don't get into her world enough for her to be able to move on. And it's just, it's so heartbreaking because I think, I mean, I do that all the time. It's like, we're so busy. We have so many things to do. And God, it's so hard. It is so hard. And the truth of the matter is we do have a lot to do, right? And whether you've got one kid or you've got five, you're busy. And, you know, if you're working outside of the home as well as inside the home, then you're even busier often. And, um, but, but honestly, like, it doesn't matter. Like once you're a parent, you're juggling so many things. And the problem is that get shit done energy is like so antithetical to kid energy And kids don't work well in that space. And it doesn't mean, so here's like the counterintuitive thing is that if we always make transitions for them, let's say they're a child who's sensitive and we, you know, tell them what needs to be done. They can't 
do it because they're in that play imaginative world and we make them feel bad for that or we just don't help them transition using their language, they experience transitions over and over and over again as negative experiences. And then how does that play out when you're an adult, right? Because transition's hard for everybody. Yeah, change, transitions, anything. And I think what I've noticed for me is when I when I throw play in there, like, whoa, what's happening here? Or even just hop in at the very second of last minute of what she's doing. And then especially if it's like a video game or anything, it's like, oh, what or what did that, what is that character doing? And why is that one wearing a bow? And then she'll tell me about it. And then like, like getting into their world really helps just one minute. If we can take one minute or two minutes to really connect with them, they'll allow us to take them to the next. Yes. And every playful transition, then I think ultimately like, it's like every playful transition becomes a more successful transition, which means they learn how to more successfully transition. Right. And that makes them better. Yeah. And then maybe when they develop that skill, they can show other people how to do it. That's (laughs) their other friends. Come on. It'll be fun. I don't know. Hopefully. (laughs) I'm imagining a bunch of teenagers hanging out like, come on, guys, let's transition successfully. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when No matter how you're transitioning. Uh, th- that, that is true. That is true. So speaking as a mother of two teenagers, that is a much more likely conversation. So you guys, we're going to invite you to fantasize with us for a moment. We're tired, we're all hustling, we're all getting shit done. So just take a moment, let it all drop, shake it out. You know, when you were younger, and maybe even now you have certain kinds of fantasies, this is a moment to have a parental fantasy. So don't take off all your clothes, but instead let go of all your limitations and imagine what your perfect parent life would look like and feel like for a moment. My parent fantasy of the week is that my teenager, instead of coming in and going, hey, have you seen my computer? Comes in and says, hey, mom, I just want to tell you how much better my day was because you're in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I just want that one time. I really see all the things you've done for me. You've really helped me become. I've seen, yeah, mom. I see the things that you do for me every every day, and I just want you to know you are so appreciated. Yeah, and you were so much I more appreciated than my computer. Yeah, yeah. I just want to spend as much time with you, but I also want to make sure you have a little time for yourself. Yeah. Could I just read quietly while you take a shower and get cleaned up? Oh yeah, yeah. And then when you're done, I'll just snuggle you. <laughs> take out the trash. Mommy, I cleaned up all my toys. Is there anything else you want me to do for the household, for the family? Could I um, mow the grass? You know, I'd love to go out there and get those weeds for you. I know how you like a nice yard. (laughs) Well, um, thanks for listening. We'll we'll transition to the end of the podcast now, and uh, we will be seeing you next week. Hey, everybody. We just want to thank you so much for listening, and we hope that we've helped you in some way and that you've really enjoyed this conversation. If you or someone you know is struggling with a parenting problem, contact us using our online form at raisingandrising.co. 
That's raisingandrising.co. Or message us on Instagram at raisingandrising with your most frustrating parenting questions. We want to help make it better. And if you liked our discussion, make sure to subscribe to Raising and Rising on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And hey, give us an amazing rating because you know you loved it. And for those of you feeling inspired by this parenting conversation, check out motherflippingawesome.com slash help. And we can have a conversation about your family. See you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.